The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being a woke. We discuss politics and jokes. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah. Run up and get trust up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. This, oh Steve, has been brought to you by Frank Williams. Yeah, yeah. Top answers on the board. Yeah, yeah. What is the name of Bartholomew's Carrington the third butler's name? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Steve. Thank you, Frank. Uh. Yeah, I told you. I don't know if I mentioned it, but Frank, you're going to be our, I think I said this, but you're going to be our, our go-to correspondent uh, for Frank, for O. Steve's, like we're the Channel 7 News and how the anchors cut to the field reporter. And now let's go to such and such and such and such. Uh, and take a look at how it's going down there in Panama and we'll cut to you. So that's how that'll go. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate that, brother. All right. <clears throat> this first email. Is from <laughs> the doctor. Clearly, this nigga still listens to the show, uh, no matter how scathing this email is. Um, he starts it off nice and then quickly, quickly uh, goes <laughs> in another direction. Oh man, uh, what up, stranger? Uh, just want to jump this thing off by telling something you most likely already know. Here we go. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> and not just any kind of asshole. I mean, a shitty asshole. Uh, the kind of asshole you find in a nursing home from patient with the dried up diarrhea shit caked around it being unattended. And a biased, hypocritical asshole at that. <clears throat> and these are words coming from a formal, notorical fan of yours who had been uh, one since I first seen you on Def Jam in the 90s. You know, I used to sympathize with you when I, when you, I used to sympathize with you when you, I used to, well, why you sympathize, nigga, pay the toll, $10, a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> when I used to hear you complain, whine, and piss and moan on your interviews about how you can't catch the big break, and you want due to all the so-called gatekeepers that block you from being where you want to be in the game and how all the comedic celebrities you look or looked up to, celebrities you look or looked up to, 
yeah, you don't need to say look and then say looked up. Uh, you, that's bad grammar, nigga. You just needed, all you needed to say was that you look up to. <laughs> I don't know if you could say, well, I guess you could say anything you want, but it was just funny to hear you say that's bad, bad grammar and then N-word because that doesn't sound like proper grammar. That, that's, no, that's how black parents discipline their kids. You know, I told you to clean your room and get to your homework, nigga. <laughs> um, looked up to, played you off after you told them how much you were a fan of their work. Like Corey Holcomb, Joe Torrey, et cetera. Joe never had a, I never had a problem with Joe. I don't know where you're getting that from. Uh, so apparently not only is your grandma bad at $10 a lot of money, but you're making shit up. Uh, but after watching you and how you move when you're off stage and away from behind that camera, you are pretty much the same motherfucker you complain about. In case you haven't guessed it by now, this is one of the, this thing is hilarious. This is one of the former artists that used to play on your show. Or should I say the very first, this nigga won't let this go. I'm your number one artist. And I wanted to be your number one artist to have you play my music. Um, <clears throat> you played on your show. And then he gives the episode to be exact. 196 to be exact. Exact. Since you always tell it, motherfuckers, to go back and listen. The one who pretty much sparked the idea for you to play upcoming artists on your show, which he loves to take credit for, before you actually started charging motherfuckers to do it. Maurice the Dr. Dotson. The one you used to play the most frequent. I only played you twice, nigga. Relax. A prime example of your hypocrisy, for instance. Like after you agreed to play my music and started getting positive feedback on my set, and I said, due to the fact I was your first featured artist, and you like my music. I told you I wanted to earn the spot as your top played artist. You acted as if you were in total agree- agreeance with that idea. Even going as far as saying that you would get my music to the hands and ears of Meth and a few other rappers you knew that could help me. Not only did you lie about that, you also tried to play it like I was bugabooing, bugabooing you, bugabooing your time. Oh. Bugabooing your timeline when I asked you, did you get around to doing what you promised when I only asked twice that month about it and got no response? I let that shit go. Then you bitch and complain about your fans that email you their music, not following directions on what you tell them to do. But yet I emailed you a song for you to listen to and the song I told you to play on the show. And I gave you specific instructions on what song to play. And you still played the wrong fucking song. And then I humbly confronted you about it. Instead of an apology or my bad, my nigga, you caught an attitude and started start acting brand new and talking shit. Tell me you don't remember playing my music first on your show, saying shit like you don't give a fuck if you played the wrong song. At least your song got played after I paid my motherfucking money. All $25. And by the way, the money goes to editing. Yes. Because that's extra work that we have to do to put your shit on there. Yes. For you to play the right song to begin with and then went as far as to block me on your Instagram after I humbly confronted you about it. I mean, dog, in the sincere words said by Robert De Niro and Goodfellas, what the fuck is the matter with you? Let Let me remind you, you jumped in my inbox first asking me to join your fucking podcast, brother, not me. And when I asked if you played my music, you was oh so humble in offering to do so. Didn't even charge me, but you started getting cocky, 
brand new after you saw how much money you was making off that shit and all the humility went out the window. Like, what's wrong with you keeping that same humble energy with me you had first? I probably was one of the few niggas that took up for you when old boy Zoe put them hands to you, only for you to ball up damn near in a fetal position while taking that ass whooping nigga. And damn straight, I went there because after watching how you clown and talk down on folks, you would say the same thing if the situation was, was reversed, playboy. A nigga used to couldn't speak down on your name when around me. Now I see what everybody's talking about and the reason why you haven't blown up after doing 30 some odd years of comedy. Um, before I finish reading the last chunk of this, which is not a lot, let me say this to you, doctor. Before you worry about what's going on in my life and my career, understand the difference between me and you. I'm doing what I love. You still work a regular job trying to be a musician. Watch yourself. Unbutton and take some of that asshole off your playboy. It don't look good on you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Well, there's a nice 90s reference. Chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself. Stas effects. I think so. Um, and like your boy Denzel told you, you need to stop while you're behind, playboy. I could hear his voice all through this. Dude, playboy. Just a few words for you to think about, brother. The doctor. P.S. And hey, yo, Andy, the very next time that nigga raised his voice at you, hit him in his goddamn mouth. <laughs> and let his ass know you're his, you're his co-host, not his fucking child. Peace and love to both of y'all. How funny would it be if I raised my voice and you went up beside my head? Swear like, you so, want? Yeah, yo. Just, <laughs> So Williams me, nigga. Stand above you and throw a bunch of punches yeah, and never hit you in the head? Exactly, nigga. Um, well, here's a couple things we know. One, you obviously... It's weird. This is a weird email because I haven't spoken to you since I blocked you. And I want to say that's been at least almost two years. Um, so for you to write in means you're still listening. Uh, hey, dirty. Baby, I got your money. Got your money. Dirty. So, nigga. Whatever that means, um, you're still listening. So I still have you. You're still interested. Um, I don't know what it what motivated you or sparked you to want to write this because maybe you heard me playing other people's music and you used to see, you were sitting at home like that used to be my spot, boy. I was the number one artist that that nigga played. So I don't know, you know, but I it, it tickled me. It definitely tickled me. Um it's hilarious. Uh, he he did end it respectfully. Uh, did he? Yeah. Read it again. Well, which part? The very end. To you? To you? No, to both oh, of us. Peace and love to both of y'all. He started out nice too. Uh, what up, stranger? This was a shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the first part of the bread was the what up, stranger. The last part of the bread was peace and love to you both. And in the middle was straight caca, nigga. <laughs> so he gave us the perfect shit sandwich. Um, yeah. Listen, dog. The reason why, again, I don't even know why I feel the need to rehash this, but the reason why I blocked you was because you were overly persistent to the point of annoying. Uh, at the end of the day, I gave you uh, a, a, an opportunity for other people to know that you exist outside of the people within your immediate circle. Um, so no matter what came of it or what you thought was supposed to come of it, or if nothing came of it, 
you got something that you didn't expect to get. And anything that you don't expect to get is called a stepping stone. So you could take that for what it's worth. Uh, but pitch it is. It could none of it could have never happened at all. And unless you're somewhere beyond where you imagine yourself to be at this exact moment in time, well, then you're still in the same place. You know, he did, though, you know, not just to just play devil's advocate on this. Yes. You. Devil's advocate. That's that Al Pacino movie. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I fuck. Uh, I was trying to think of a lot of that movie. Uh, <laughs> but, he, but he did say that, you know, you tell everybody to send it in. They do send it in yeah. fucked up. Mm-hmm. And he sent it to you in with detail. And you didn't follow his details, though. Is that you... He gave me three songs to play. He specifically wanted me to play a particular song, and I picked the wrong one. Well, goddamn, nigga. You know. Why did he send in the other two songs, then? If he wanted you to spend, send in a specific one. If he wanted you to play a specific right. one, send the specific one. Right. But he, played, he sent me three and was like, <clears throat> take a look at these three, but play this one. But my point is, regardless as to which one I played, again, you were given an opportunity that you normally wouldn't have had. I got to quote my man, Tony Soprano. You're like a woman with a Virginia ham under her arm and you're complaining because you got no bread, but you're hungry. You understand what I'm saying? You got a, you got a Virginia ham under your arm. You're hungry, but you're complaining because you got no bread. Nigga, eat the ham. Fuck the bread. What are you complaining for? I played a song out of your three that you normally wouldn't have got no play at all. Where you? Why are you complaining, nigga? You got your song played just because you ain't got no bread. Uh, I would suggest though that if if you had a specific song that you absolutely want to play, you put that on the notes with the email and send that out. If you want to listen, like you to, said, if, if to make it really just really simplify, don't send the other, the other two. two or put it on a separate email. Go, hey, check these out when you have some time. To later. make it even more simple, don't send the other two. Yeah. That way, there's no confusion. Um, yeah. Yeah, brother. Nothing. Listen, it's uh, October. We're in the Halloween. Next is uh, Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. I'm saying that to say it's the holidays. So I'm gonna. Yeah, there's no need for spite. There's no need for anger and you know what nastiness. He needs? he needs a pumpkin latte. A pumpkin latte. Yeah. <laughs> with a with a with a foam spice. I, I don't know if that'll work for him, but it makes all these all these women around here at Starbucks pretty happy. Yeah. I'm going to have one. I'm going to see if it makes me happy. Yeah, brother. Try it. Try it. The doctor. I'm glad you're still listening, though. Uh, all right. Toodles. Uh, cuddles. Um, still ended it nice. Don't forget. He still ended the email nice. Fuck. I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, if I quit my job, my wife gets better. Then I'll hate her for it. Those are your words to me, Kevin. Ha! Who are you carrying all those bricks for? God, guilt's like a bag of bricks. Just set it down. All right. It's one of my favorite Al Pacino moments. You know, uh, when Andy and I did the episode where we did, uh, and it fucking pissed me off. Because sometimes comedically, you think of things after you've done them. It's like when I would go on auditions no, without fail, every time you leave the audition and you drive your home, you're in your car talking to yourself. Uh, yeah, you're in your car talking to yourself, going over in your head what you could have done different, what you could have added, what, what you could have done better. Uh, that thing where it did, 
to auditions. Uh, fucking, who did I do? Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Keanu Reeves for Fatal Attraction. It's like, damn, I should have did, uh, mixed it up and did some other actors too. Um, and I thought, uh, what if you had Sylvester Stallone? And I remember the gay. What if you had Sylvester Stallone playing uh, Michael Douglas's character? My brain is a little fried because I didn't get much sleep and I hung out late last night. And and Anthony Soprano has a Glenn Close character. <clears throat> hey, yo, how you doing this, huh? Why are you trying to destroy my life? I'm not going to destroy your life. I'm trying to be in your life. So this is how you do it, huh? Showing up in my in my house with my wife? You, you leave me no choice. I mean, you know, I, you, you don't return my calls. You don't return my messages. What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to be ignored, then. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, right? That's pretty funny. <clears throat> um, Shaquille O'Neal is Michael Douglas and Bill Cosby is Glenn Coase. How are you doing this? I don't understand why you're trying to destroy my life. I'm not trying to destroy your life. I'm trying to be in your life, you see? <laughs> so this is how you do it? Showing up in my house? In front of my wife. Will you leave me no choice? You won't return my phone calls. You don't return my messages. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Xavier Henderson. I, I wish I wish Rodman and Jordan were where you like him because it would be good if it was Rodman and Jordan. Let me try it. Let's let's crash and burn. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't see why you did this. Why are you trying to destroy my life? I, I don't want to destroy your life. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be in your life. Uh, so, so this is how you do it? Come in front of my wife? <laughs> I, I don't know what else to do. You, you won't return to any of my calls. Uh, you won't return to any of my license. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna be on the hard now. Robin's a good one for that one, though. I like that one. <laughs> oh man! Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. <sighs> okay, Xavier Henderson. Yo, I recently seen that Chase movie you were in. What's up, Aries and Andy? I recently watched a Chase movie on Amazon Prime. It wasn't a great. It wasn't that great of a movie. But I thought your acting was good in the movie, although you just played a manipulative asshole villain version of yourself. I don't know what it was, but I totally thought Andy was in the movie the way you were shooting that shit with the Chase character in the movie at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. It sounded like a previous episode of the podcast. And you, Aries, might have said the same things in a previous episode or put a short teaser of that movie in an episode. And I forgot about it along the way. Hopefully, somehow, you can make a huge comeback, get bigger, bigger roles in comedy specials, and prove people and yourself wrong within the next couple of years. All your fans and family can see it in you. You just got a whole sea of bullshit to swim through to make it. Keep your hustle game strong. Uh, and Aries swam and tunneled his way through <laughs> two miles of shit just to come out clean on the other side. <laughs> I'm in Shawshank uh, Entertainment Prison. So if I can find a way to swim through all that shit to come out clean on the other side. Uh, Lizzo was like one of the guards in uh, Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, 
<laughs> once, hopefully, when you get out, you'll find me on the beach cleaning my boat. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, Thank you, brother. Um, yeah, I, you know, something tells me. I don't know that I want to own up to this, but something tells me I am. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I want to say I'm finding my comedic voice, even though I think I'm stumbling on something. But I think there's something in this asshole persona that I don't want to own up to because I don't think I'm that. But there's something about that that might be a part of my voice. But if I can figure out a way to mold it where it's not necessarily an asshole per se, but an attitude, but more of a personality that's a good thing, loving, enduring, endearing, welcoming, but with a tinge of asshole. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I think you have to own the asshole. Right, but own it, but not be it. Right, but you have to own that that's part That's part, part of, of your, but it's part of your personality. It is part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Because you can't be straightforward the way that you want to be and not be an asshole. Right. The, but I don't want my straightforwardness to be mistaken for asshole. But it is. Because it's not, but, but it is. It is. It is. Because you don't go around trying to find a better, a, a nicer way to put it. Okay. And that's, that's a character trait of more of an asshole. Because you could say the same thing in different ways to people. You could say right. the same things without making them feel a way. Is there a such thing as a lovable asshole? Yes. There is. Yeah. But can you love an asshole? Well. <laughs> can you really love an asshole? And I mean a literal asshole. Can you love it? I'm sure there's people that do, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) I love an asshole because I'm a lovable asshole. Does that make me an asshole? Ooh, that's deep. (laughs) And ironically, deep is where you can go inside of an asshole. This is, there's many layers to this. (laughs) That you should have said in an Eddie Murphy voice. What, there's many layers to this? It'd be an asshole and deep as deep as many layers to this shit. <laughs> it's right there. Right. I'd be an asshole and you love asshole, but if can you really love an asshole, because if people love assholes, but then you go deep, deep in asshole, there's layers to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you did hear it. That's good. Yes. I like it. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Eric White. Uh, Eric White advice. Hello, Mr. Spears, Mr. Steinberg. My name is Eric White, and I'm a fan of your podcast and comedy. I did stand up years ago and now create comedy skits. I would love to hear your advice, opinions, and thoughts. <clears throat> I have two links below. One uh, of the two links, though, which one would you want me and Andy to look at? <laughs> he didn't give direction. I watched, yeah, I, I watched one of them today. Okay, before you comment, all right, because all right, I was going to say, you know, if you send us two, we look at the wrong one. You know what I mean? We, we doo-doo sandwich. We caked up doo-doo diarrhea, nigga. All right. 
one of my regular skits on the mayor of my city and the other on a stand-up prop I've created that does stand-up routines just made for laughs and fun. Mm. That itch in my nose. Bless you. Oh, shit. Look at all that COVID. Oh, boy. I just ate the doctor. Oh, man, that's a lot of black meat. I'm not sure which part he wanted me to eat. He wasn't specific. So I just swallowed him whole. What would you guys think if we uh, had uh, Spears and Steinberg uh, t-shirts that said Dahmer doesn't eat here? Dude, you said that to me last night. That is so cruelly dark and funny. (laughs) Fucked up. See, this is Andy's mind. Let me tell you something. If you go deep enough in the asshole, Andy's in there too. I like dark. I don't know why I like dark stuff, but it's funny to me. Because if you can laugh at it, seriously, and I say this on stage, you can laugh at it, you get through it. Listen, there are people who, when you talk about real tragedy, of course, there are those who won't find it funny just because they're that type that'll go, uh, what happened? There's something moving up here. Little buck? Yeah. Oh. Oh, that right there. Yeah. There are some people that are going to just go, that's in poor taste. But the people who definitely won't find it funny are the people that were directly affected by it. That's why I said, no matter how funny a 9-11 joke could be, to the people of 9-11, that ain't never going to be funny. To to the people associated with Dahmer, that ain't never going to be funny. It's never going to be funny, but I mean, there's moments when they might even laugh at it, but then go, that's not funny. But you got to get, you got to give people the opportunity to laugh at something. Dark stuff, when we go through stuff, it's horrible. It's hard, but it's laughter always helps people come through it. Yeah. Um, I love I know you're busy. I would love to hear your feedback on the podcast. So you said you watch one of these, which one drink the water mayor or bury the beer stand up prop? Uh, uh, the beer. How was it? Um, I thought it was fun. I, I thought it was kind of funny. It, I think you, you might find it funny. Uh-huh. Um, I just thought it was interesting to use the cucumber as the uh, as the comedian. And then you could say, you know, when you're doing it that way, and it's basically, a, you know, a puppet show, you can say anything you want. It doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's edited well. And I saw a little bit of the other one. I didn't watch it all the way because uh, I had to come down here so we could record. But... Uh, yeah, it, it looked like it. He, he There's production value. He does good work. All right, brother. I'll check it out and, and get back to you and let you know what it is. Um, Michael Smith. Hey, Mr. Spears. Uh, let me start off by saying that I'm a huge fan of yours, and I always will be. You are funny, and I have, and you have a unique perspective on things. I respect your candor. I'm a New Yorker, too, so candor is in our DNA. Yes, yeah, son. Candor, God. Andy, you're amazing, too. My Wednesday mornings are not complete without listening to you guys. Let me stop brown-nosing now. Ah, so if you was brown-nosing, that means you was an asshole. <laughs> um, I saw your comments towards the Martin Show. I respect your opinion. But other than Cosby, I don't think there has been a black sitcom <clears throat> that has had the impact on the culture that Martin has. Was Martin coonery at times? Yes. Was Martin over the top at times? Yes. I wouldn't use coonery when with Martin. Uh, not at all. Uh, I definitely would say over the top. Um, I would use coonery with another black sitcom. But again, close to the holidays. I don't need to say the name of the sitcom. Yes, I was all. I always wondered what the see. I, I was. I was direct, but I wasn't an asshole, right? Yeah. 
See? It's the holidays. I feel, I'm feeling it. I could. Do you feel festive? I, I smell the pumpkin spice. You, did you have a pumpkin latte? No, and I'm, I'm already feeling, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Just knowing you can get one. Yes. I can't wait to put on um, some green and red and white colored clothes that represents the Christmas season and some slippers with the, with the, with the feet cozy. You know, I can't wait to do that. And have a cup of something hot, some eggnog. Be festive. Um, was Martin over the top sometimes? Yes. I always wondered what the difference between what Martin was doing versus what Jim Carrey was doing. Anyway, I want to ask you what your top five black sitcoms of all time are. <clears throat> My top five are The Cosby Show. And then he writes, change the perception of black people across the world. Martin, he writes, there has never been a show that that is of the culture as Martin as, as much as, as much as Martin part is of the culture as much as Martin. I do believe that Martin ruined black sitcoms because then, because everyone, Martin ruined black sitcoms because then, because, yeah, too many words, brother. You don't, you don't need all that. Martin ruined black sitcoms because, you don't need back then, because everyone was trying to be like Martin. Jamie Foxx's show was copying Martin. Will was copying Martin during the last seasons of Fresh Prince. All of the UPN and WB shows were copying Martin, even the Wayans brothers. Three, Fresh Prince, four, Good Times, five, A Different World. I saw something really interesting that I want, once I finish reading this about Different World. Um, some honorable mentions. Rock, and he puts in parentheses, grossly underrated. That's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, you mentioned that. And my dad loved that, too. My wife and kids, everybody hates Chris, Sanford and Son, and Living Color. Question two, do you think black sitcoms are of lesser quality than white sitcoms in terms of the writing and comedy? Three, would you ever do a sitcom? If so, what type of sitcom would you do? Feel free to compare it to another sitcom. I have two current black sitcoms that you may or may not like. One is called About Elementary, and the, uh, and the Miss Pat Show is a modern-day Norman Lear sitcom Miss Pat plays the female Archie Bunker. Thank you for the memories. Uh, let me answer your questions first. Um, do I think the black sitcoms are of lesser quality than white sitcoms in terms of writing and comedy? No, I, you, you know. What about, the, what about the writer's room, though? What do you mean? It, it, and when you say a black sitcom, so we're <clears throat> the primary focus would be black culture then, right, in that sitcom? Yes. But when you put white writers in the writer's room, doesn't it get diluted? I think it can. I don't. I don't know the answer to this, but but I want to say, but I don't know the answer because I'm not in the writers' room. But I want to say, uh, I think now in today's climate, they at least have one or two black writers. There probably is still more white writers than black, but I think if it's a black show, they at least have one black writer in the room because white sitcoms. And the stars, the show, the people who produce those shows. That's a real good question right there, though. I don't mean to do, cut you off, but in white sitcoms, are there any black writers in those rooms? It's a good question. Uh, my my thing, though, is that there's always notes coming from the, high, the higher aboves. Right. And they should do this or change this or cut that and cut that. And that's mm-hmm. happening in, and, and it, it, that happens in white sitcoms. And you hear the, produ- the production, or the re- there, there's resentment towards that. Because they feel they're they're killing that talent, they're killing the talent, right? I would imagine that even if there are black writers or even predominantly a black writing room, the notes where are the notes coming from though. 
Oh, the ner- the notes are definitely coming from the higher ups, the, the, the people that run the networks, and is they're white, right. and so that that that's my. Right. If there is an issue, is it coming from there? You know, when you oh, say, oh yeah, they're the bosses. But so, isn't the issue? I wouldn't. So, uh, I think, I think because of the structure of the system, undoubtedly, some black black focused sitcoms would have a harder time because they they have there's more hoops. Yeah. But that's why again if you if if you at least have some black writers within the system, meaning the writing level, yeah. at least those opinions can be put on paper and be heard and at least there's someone of the culture being able to say, "Hey, this is inaccurate or this needs to be more like this." Now, once that gets implemented, then yes, it still has to pass the final test, which is the head of the network. And they can fuck everything up, as so often they tend to do. Uh, but, you know, like Blackish. I remember, I think I, I, I really wish I, I remembered the specifics. Um, there's black folks all over that show, uh, in front of and behind the camera. But they shelved one particular episode. I forget what it was supposed to be about. <clears throat> um, and that note obviously came from the powers that be, but it had something to do with uh, what was going on in black life. Uh, it might've even been, I think something about black lives matter. They had George Floyd kind of. Yeah. And, and the network shelved that. So you see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I was just, I was, I was speaking kind of ex- extemporaneously just over the idea of how the structure set up, it seems I like mean, it would be how, d- how many, difficult. How many y'all have the band even said that word right? Extemporary. Ex- I can't even say it right now again a second time. <laughs> Extemporaneously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think did I answer? Did you give him his? You didn't give him your five. No, no, no. I just, I just want to make sure I answer this question. The blacks have lesser quality. No, and I don't. I don't think that they're of lesser quality in terms of the writing because once you make it to that point. Once it's time to get on the air, the, the network wants to put on the best product it can. So, so I, I don't think there's some hand rub, some hands being rubbed together by some white folks in the upper echelon going, "How do we make this less of an <laughs> sabotage?" No, they want to put out the best product they can. But the process could be more difficult. Yes, yes. Um, would you ever do a sitcom? If so, what type of sitcom would you do? Feel free to compare it to a sitcom. I'm not opposed to anything if it's great. Um, I, like I said, my dream, I would love to do an hour action type or a drama show, uh, live action. And when I say live action, I'm not necessarily to my action, even though that would be nice too. But I mean like, you know, on location, shooting one camera, not, not in a studio with made sets because uh, I just love that atmosphere of feeling like you're in the jungle, like like anything can happen when you're on location and you're actually moving. I, 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 I kind of had this fantasy where it's like I either wanna, would want to do a show like New York Undercover, some cop shit in New York, or do some cop shit in the bayou, like in New Orleans, like just with heavy blues and, you know, B.B. King type, uh, what's my man, John Lee Hooker, something bluesy. It's got a bluesy feel to it. Crawfish, 
Catfish. It's in the bayou. It's New Orleans. You, you hear a lot of blues music. Something is there's something so cool about that, you know, being a cop from New Orleans in that atmosphere. So let me ask you this question because you just said that. You're you're not the same age that you entered this business, obviously. Yeah. Are you the cop? Or are you the captain in, in in this in this show? Oh, the cop. I don't want to ever be an authority. I would. I don't want to be the authority figure that's supposed to tame the cop. You want to be the out of control. I want to be out of yeah, a little bit out of control, the loose cannon kind of. And it's funny because there, that was a detective show, Cannon. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Eighties. Yeah. Well, I love them references. Uh, but as far as a sitcom goes, yeah. You know, the thing about sitcoms to me that after a while, unless it's a really, really well-written one, they tend to become very formal, formulaic. Um, and there's only, like, when you when you do the, the, the classic sitcom of mom, dad, kids, that's what it's always going to be. Yes, there's growth throughout the years as the kids get older and the mom and dad kind of evolve, but it's more about the kids evolving, like in real life, and how you deal with all the angst of their development and their growth and dealing with the trials and tribulations of family. But but that nucleus is always going to be the same. It's different because there's going to be growth, but it can only grow so much. You know who those people are, and that doesn't change week to week. <clears throat> That's why I'm saying on a on a on a one camera show where you're on location and you're moving and you're doing a cop show, there's a new story every week. There's a new crime. There's a new whodunit. There's a new angle. So that to me is just more exciting. But if the sitcom is good, yeah, I'll fuck with it. Um, now, to, let me go back. Uh, I saw on The Breakfast Club where... Uh, Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Hardison was talking about the blatant racism they faced while doing a different world. And, you know, this is why, as I alluded to in an episode or two back that you guys heard when I was talking about, again, when we were talking about Greg Giraldo and the race thing, can you Spanish it up? Like, if you guys think I'm exaggerating or lying, this is more proof to this pudding. The, the, the sexism, the racism, the politics that is in show business is rampant. And I'm and when you go, oh, he on his bag, race card, listen to the stories, man. It ain't just me. Jasmine Guy was talking about how, you know, they were the, the number one show at that time for their slot. And none of the cast members were ever invited to the Emmys. And the, when, when Cheers was celebrating some sort of milestone, they wanted the cast members to do like a congratulations on camera. Hey, this is Jasmine Guy, a.k.a. Whitley from Different World. Want to wish Cheers the best. She was like, fuck Cheers. How come we're not invited to the Emmys? They don't ask us to present an award, but you'll invite the cast of Cheers or the cast of this white show or that white show. And, and NBC didn't support us when we wanted to do certain things. So... Again, if you think I'm lying, look look up. The proof is out there. Look it up on YouTube. Jasmine Guy, uh, uh, Kadeem Hardison, Breakfast Club. She's furious about it. And Kadeem is backing her up. So there you go. This business is tough, man. You know, 
This race shit is real, man. And that's what I what I was saying. When you're when you when you're black and you have to walk out your door and there's a Karen, there's a Ken, there's a racist cop, and you're in show business, and then there's that. It's like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. It's amazing a nigga the head don't explode. No, it happens. It happens. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the exploding of the head? No, I mean, just mentally. Oh. Man, yeah. man, man, look at a lot of black stars that make it in spite and go back, go back into, go back to 80s, go back. Right. They all have some kind of mental, not all, I'm sorry. I didn't right. want to, I don't want to put that on everybody. A lot of stars, especially like when you brought up uh, Greg Duraldo, carrying the show and feeling, right. that's a lot of weight to have on someone. Yeah. And now you're fighting. And like you said, you come out of your house. It starts for the moment you wake up. Right. Okay. So all that happens. And then someone goes a little crazy and they're like, whoa, he went, see, right. he went crazy. Right. But it's the pressure. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, yeah. Dave I, Chappelle, the Chappelle show. I quit my show because when I did the skit about the Piccaninny that they never aired. They aired it. Did they? No, I don't think they ever did. I thought they did. I think you could see it. If you like, or if you got the DVD or, or something okay. like that. But anyway, he said he he stopped because a white person on the crew was laughing in such a way that he didn't feel comfortable. They weren't laughing with him. They were laughing at him. Right. Hence, you know, he said, I went to Africa and they labeled me crazy. And I hate the term crazy. It's very dismissive. And he told this story on Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton. So, you know, you got Dave bitching on about it. You got Kim Whitley bitching about it. You know, I've heard countless deep documented stories where they go, yeah, when, when WB first came about or CW or what, I think they changed it to CW, but when the WB and UPN first came about to, and even Fox, Martin and Living Color, they used all the black talent they could to get their shows off the ground. And once the networks got where they needed to go, bye-bye, get rid of all the niggas now. So come on, man, I'm not making this up. This shit is real, man. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. This is kind of old, but a man's pussy or a woman's dick by Sean. Uh, what's up, Smoking Aces? I like that shit right there. That sounds, that's like a, Cool TV show, nigga. That sound, that sound like the, the. We sound like two cops in Vegas. I, I think that was a, a movie, Smoking Aces, and I think it uh, like Roll and Roller, but one of those. Uh, what you call it? But what was the man's name? That does those movies? Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean the director, Richie. Yeah, Richie. Guy Richie. Guy Richie. Smoking Aces. But I like that. That sounds like me and Andy I, are two cops in Vegas, smoking aces. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the black of hearts and you the white of diamonds. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've been thinking about that question about if I would suck a woman's dick or eat a man's pussy, gun to the head. The, this question has caused a lot of sleepless nights, LOL. <laughs> I was 99% with you. Uh, okay, 99% with you uh, until I looked up Buck Angel. This is a woman, but looks like a man. Please look them up. This has to be the person you had in mind when you said eat a man's pussy. I can't do it. Bring on that woman with the glizzy. <laughs> what the fuck is a glizzy? 
<laughs> He's a dick, isn't okay, he? Okay, yeah. I guess. I never heard that term. Uh, glizzy, right? <sighs> Thank you, Sean. Uh, yeah, that, that's a tough one, man. Um, <laughs> what made you laugh? Because as guys, we say the dumbest shit though all the time. That's just that's 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 man humor. Yeah, I know, I, you know, and then we do it. We 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 double down on it. Baby. A gun to your head, right? <laughs> you know, your family, yeah, is going to be killed, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. A scenario that would never happen in that way. Like, like even Patrice when he did the joke about uh, with uh, a gun to my mom's head and I had to spell restaurant. Right. You know, it's always you know take it up to the to the point where this is this is the only way out. Now, right. Now you have right. to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, spell restaurant. Uh, R e s t. Oh man, this is where it gets hard. <laughs> I love you, mom. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Deidre and Johnson. Uh. African-American Museum. The museum is multi-level. Takes you from Africans in America, Africans in Africa during the glorious self-governing days to the middle passage to slavery, here to civil rights and beyond. In addition to that, there are two floors dedicated to the contribution of African-Americans in the arts and sciences. It's a huge space. You'll definitely need time. When you guys go, please review on the pod. We're going to do it. I, I think I'd be doing a disservice to, Not my, to. Yeah. to my race uh, if I didn't do it. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to be a credit to my race. Uh, and then she asked me, so let me just, since I already have her here more than once, she said, don't leave a sister hanging. That's Deidre Ann Johnson. What happened with Gerard? I started listening to the pod and then nada. Um. Yeah, I, I, I said it. Fuck that nigga. Uh, he left me at a time when he shouldn't have left me because of some controversy. And more importantly, and I know Andy will appreciate this being the Jew that he is, uh, he left me holding a bag, man. I was paying out of my own pocket the budget. I was buying his plane ticket, round trip to come out here and do this. I was, I was, I was spending money to make money. I was believing in myself. I was investing in myself. And this nigga abandoned me and left me with an expensive bill with no product. Uh, if this were the drug game, he'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, I'm trying, you got to push this product, nigga. And you left me. Uh, so fuck him. He wasn't your brother's keeper? Nah, nigga, he wasn't my brother's keeper. Uh, you know, like, I don't know Gerard. Right. But you guys had only done the one. I'm not dismissing. You guys had only done the one sit down to do all those, right? That was right. only that was one time. Yes. So they broke it up into episodes, right? Right. We did four hours worth because we had to right. take advantage of him being here, so that we had enough to cover the month. You know, and you know, you guys hadn't spent a lot of time together recently, right? I'm I'm not I'm not saying what he you know that he didn't leave you holding the bag as you just said it absolutely did. But, you know, he, the investment of time that you guys had into each other at that point, you, what would you have done if you was flipped? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't abandon people, uh, especially when I believe that they're innocent. If, they, if you tell me you're innocent and I believe you're innocent, then why would I abandon you? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to, you know, not 
just throw them out there on. Yeah, sometimes you got to just throw the motherfucker out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't throw them under the bus. Throw them out when the bus is coming so there's a front impact. Let <laughs> them get hit by the bus. Um, but it's the holidays. Let's keep it nice. Um, <clears throat> Rob Dorsey. A&A. What up, Aries and Andy? You motherfuckers made it to 400 episodes. Congratulations. The best of episode was really dope. And it was good to hear so many past memories all in one shot. I didn't stop laughing from the time I pressed play. Uh, oh. Whew. I ate the whole pumpkin. With the lights and the candles in it. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was carved. And that uh, you heard was the flames burning my organs. <laughs> um, Did you floss with the wick though? Yes, I floss with the wick. <laughs> and then I ate the wick. Uh, I know I'm more recent to emailing, but I have been rocking with you guys in silence since episode 100 something. I definitely had to go back and listen from the beginning because I'm wired that way anyway. But I feel like that sequence of growth and hella important, hella important. Uh, witnessing the ups, the ups, downs, bumps and bruises <clears throat> is a part of appreciating <clears throat> what you guys put together. With that in mind, this past Friday, I had a funeral for my grandfather. My older sister decided to ride with me. And though she knows of you guys because I listen, she hasn't listened herself. Eight minutes into having, into driving to the church, Aries says, that nigga raped me, daddy. Laugh my ass off. It got made, it got made awkward in the car. It got made awkward in the car. It got made awkward in the car. <laughs> it made it awkward in the car, brother. Damn, $10 a lot of you. You raped the shit out that sentence. I looked at her and said, sorry, like Kevin Hart said to Don Cheadle after saying damn about his age, LMAO. I let her know it was an inside joke and she's got to tune in to get it, LOL. On a dark ass day where my family were in tears, uh, from loss and mourning my grandfather, this podcast provided my sister and I with a moment of joy, a break into the heavy weight that death seems to leave on leave on you with seems to leave on you with and provided us happiness. Yeah, you didn't need with a break in the heavyweight and death seems to leave on you and provide you provide us happiness. You didn't need with. You should have put with in the casket with your grandfather. That's dark, isn't it? <laughs> I hope you appreciated that joke, brother. Uh, Andy just said it. You got to laugh. Dude, that's that's if you get out of the way, a, a laugh will save you, man. I appreciate you two guys very much, and I hope to see you live soon. Thanks for the impact you guys make, Rob. All jokes aside, brother, uh, my condolences on your loss. Uh, I hope that joke didn't offend you. Uh, if you know this podcast, then there's no way it could have, because you know if you fucking with the smoking aces. <laughs> I'm saying there's always going to be a joke up under our sleeve that you're not ready with. Ready for. When was that? When, when did he send that? <clears throat> was there a date on it? Um, uh, Robert, Thursday. Can you, it says Thursday. 
I don't know if it was this Thursday, though. Is there a way to find out the date? You can tap something. Yeah, no, if it's this Thursday, that's oh, the date. Oh, September 29th. Oh, so it is recent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Condolences, man. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were there in spirit to help you. Yeah. Um, and I hope your sister continues to listen as well. And, and uh, you know, the more the merrier, brother. Uh, that would be a great Christmas gift for us. That would be a Christmas gift for us. Uh, to have another pair of tits to join the um, bitch bitch badge brigade. Um, now I made him vision his sister's tits because he heard that. I said another pair of tits, and his sister's tits probably popped in his head. Could have, could have. It's, it's rude of you. Very rude of me. Uh, yeah, Nilly Mittens, gangster whispers. And ask acting chops. My my brain right now is a step behind my words. Um, my brain and words right now is like a LA police department car chase. You could the car is in the same frame with the cop car with the car to chase it. Not close enough to do a pit maneuver, but it's there. <laughs> What time did you stay out to last night? Four. You did? Is yeah. that what time it closed? Yeah. Really? Yes. And then it sucked because the podcast that I was supposed to do this morning, 10 a.m. my time, 7 a.m. West Coast, those dudes overslept. So I ended up being able to go back to bed. But dude, and then, you know, they they paid me nicely to do it. And we're still going to do it. But, oh, dude, I, I, I this fucking bed. In this room. It's pretty good. It's fucking to die for. Um, when the shades are drawn and the lights are out and that mattress and those pillows, even the sheets are soft. The pillows here. Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm out. And it's so hard to get up. It's so hard. Because I think these are the same pillows that they have at, uh, in Pleasanton at that double tree there. Yeah, I'm thinking about stealing them. Yeah, well, you, you can order. I think they have them online. No, I'm not ordering. That means you got to pay. I'm thinking about stealing them. <laughs> Think about doing some nigga shit. No, it they're nice. I really, I really did. Uh, yeah, this was a good stay. Matter of fact, when Andy and I went to the place we went to last night, <laughs> funny, there's these two huge cardboard look like crates <laughs> that had watermelon written on them. And Andy was wondering, uh, were there actual watermelons in them? He said, y'all must steal one. I said I was going to leave the money and take one. Yes. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Damn, pardon me. Yeah. He was, was going to leave the money. Uh, they were five ninety nine. They said five ninety nine. Yes, watermelon. and take one. And when he asked if there were watermelons in them, as we walked up closer, I was like, "Nah, it's just a bunch of cardboard boxes crushed, sitting inside these watermelon crate boxes." I was like, "Damn, dude! If I stole a watermelon right now, that would be the most niggerish shit I've ever done. A nigga stealing a watermelon. Jesus Christ! Mm. <laughs> the most niggerish shit I've ever seen." was a nigga eating fried chicken out of a watermelon. He, he cut the watermelon in half. He dug it out. He ate all of the watermelon. And what was left was a watermelon bowl. And he ate chicken out of a watermelon bowl. <laughs> that would be the most... Imagine if KFC did that. Instead, they'd replace the bucket with a watermelon bowl. 
and you bought, instead of a bucket of chicken, <laughs> you bought a watermelon bowl of chicken. Would black people be offended? Should we be offended? How fast would that just get shut down? It would get shut down so fast. Oh, man. What if you did that, though? Like, you, you cleared so, up the- so, so, yeah. But no, no. You Say what you're going to say, because I think- No, like, like if you had a party. Like, okay. Like a holiday party. Yes. And you took the watermelon like that, and you then you just put your mac and cheese- you put all that, the, like all, like put greens in one. Just keep, just use them. You, you use watermelon bowls. Bowls, yeah. And but you don't cl- you don't clean the watermelon completely out. You leave a little bit. So you got mac and cheese with watermelon juice and residue. You eating fried chicken with water with watermelon juice and residue. So when you bite into that crispy skin, there's a little moisture of watermelon juice with your fried chicken. I know there's some niggas that would love that. Why does greens have a little sweet taste to it? Because of the watermelon ball. <laughs> and that might not even be that bad. Green, because think of the contrast. Greens, and black people usually put hot sauce on our greens. Vinegar, greens, hot sauce, and a little hinge of watermelon juice. I think we just started something. Nigga, don't sleep if somebody steals this idea. There's going to be some, there might be some outrage, but there's going to be some niggas that love this. First of all, watermelon is the best. Yes. And so I don't understand how that ever got, you know, maybe, you know, I think about it. If the the white dudes that made that stereotype would have tasted the watermelon first, you guys wouldn't even got watermelon. You know, I love that joke that Dave Chappelle did about that on uh, For What It's Worth. He was like, and who are all these people that don't like watermelon fried chicken? That shit's delicious. Like, and, and it's so funny because, dude, it's awkward when I see white people at Popeyes eating fried chicken. Why? I'm because we're not they're not supposed to like it, but we know they do. Everybody likes fried yes. chicken. It's, it's like that's the, why I wonder why that got hung on us. I, I don't understand. Two of the greatest things: fried chicken and watermelon. And watermelon. I wonder how that got on us. I, I mean, I get greens. I, I get how they collard greens. Collard greens because that that's 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 a that's a process, right? You know, that's a shitlands. I would get just yeah, but but to to make this thing that that just seems so didn't you know it's a it's bird I mean, that the country was I mean it, we, the 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 holiday of uh, uh, Thanksgiving is uh, turkey. <laughs> Birds always been eaten. I don't understand it. Right. What made us the the, the spokesman for fried chicken? But, and but that, why is it? You, why is, did it make the become the spokesperson? But for something that was portrayed negatively, that is definitely not negative. negative right. Like if you said chitlins, I go yeah, that's black. If you said collard greens, yes. I don't even get mac and cheese. No. Like, Mac and cheese is a, almost a kid's food, like they, a fun-loving. But it was the watermelon and the fried chicken that everybody was. For sure. For sure. That was the that was like, oh, and that, oh, that's, but I don't get that. because What is that, the that, history behind that? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. That's, that is a good question because I, I it would be funny to try to figure out what it is because I would have thought everybody was eating fried chicken and watermelon, watermelon at that time. Right. Hmm. If there's anybody out there can do some homework and provide us with any statistics. 
Well, you read all the stories too, like in, in books where they said that the the guys wrap up their 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 fried chicken and take it with them. You know, like when they're going to go traveling. Mm-hmm. This is like in white stories. They'll tell, they'll wrap it up. Well, is that the thing on the stick? No, no, no. Oh. Where they just wrap it up and they put it in their little gunnies, the little sack. You know, right. I'm talking about old times, old old okay. old America. All right. And they're going to go travel and, you know, uh, like hop a train or something like that. And they bring these. Uh, right. The food. It's always chicken. Right. It's always fried chicken. And it's so special. Whatever. So I don't understand how that got. That. We, we gotta, here's we're going to look it up. We're gonna here's look it up. what I will say. I think black people putting hot sauce on fried chicken is a, an us thing. Because I never see white people put a hot sauce on their chicken. They just eat it plain. It depends on the chicken. Like sometimes I'm 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 I ha- I'm really specific. It depends where I'm going to. If I'm at Chick Fil A, right. I like the seasoning in in the Chick Fil A sauce. Sometimes I don't put anything on it because I just want to taste the pickle. Right. Uh, and and the uh, and there's a little butter on their bread, so right. I'll taste it. But sometimes they have that new uh, honey roasted uh, right. sauce, and I'll put that on. But then I, I miss it. It covers up some of the chicken flavor. And they also have those little packets of hot sauce. And sometimes when I want it a little spicy and I don't get the spicy chicken, I'll put that on it. But it depends on my mood. I have moods. But again, moods. Andy, part of you is black. No. Uh, no, no. You, listen to me. Part of you, you don't know it. It's Mexican. Okay. Nigga. Nigga. It <laughs> 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 all derives from niggas, man. Yeah, well, but, you know, that, that you know, that we we like our food a little spicier. Yeah. Brown Sonor- food. Sonoran-style Mexican food has spice in it. Yeah. It's supposed to. Yeah. So yeah, but I I I I have moods, I have feelings. I want my food to reflect my I'm telling you, man, your spirit uh is of an old black nigga <laughs> from the bayou, nigga. You just don't know it. You don't know it. Does he play guitar? Because if he plays guitar, I'd like that spirit. Absolutely. I with, with with silk brown socks. <laughs> yeah. I love that in the Blues Brothers when they finally do that. When they go, I think it's that scene. Where they go see uh, Guitar Murphy with Aretha Franklin. Yeah. And before they go to that scene, they're in the streets. They're showing p- pictures of the atmosphere. I think it's John Lee Hooker. I want to say that's John Lee Hooker. Ho, 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 ho. Hey, hey. Doom, do, 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 do. Oh, that, that's, that's you, nigga. You, you, <laughs> that's you. Ho, 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 ho. Hey, hey. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the hour. Oh, all right, guys. So, where are we going to be? I got to tell you these things. Uh, boy, I'm not. I'm not on my my normal pace either today. Not that I'm that. This, this far is off this is Andy and Spirit, guys. <laughs> so I like this thing. See, that's the type of show I would love to do in New Orleans. That kind of vibe. You know, they use that. Um, I think it's for the N- NCIS New Orleans. Really? There is New NCIS? Orleans. NCIS? Yeah. Right. And uh, that's with that Blackla dude. Blackla? Blackla. So a white He's, guy named Blackla? Yeah. He. I think this, this is his last name. He was... Um, he was in. He was the quantum leap guy. Oh, Scott, Scott Blackla. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I never knew his last name was Blackla. Blackla, Blackla. It's yeah, it's him. Oh, uh, 
All right. So if you're listening to this, uh, when it comes out, it should be out on the 6th. So I'm going to give you the dates from, yeah, I don't know what's going on. October uh, 21st to the 22nd, Aries is going to be at the uh, Funny Bone in Richmond. Uh, then October 28th through the 30th, I will join back up with Aries and we're going to be at Orlando, Florida Improv. It's October 28th and 30th. November 10th through the 13th, we're going to be at Chuckles in Tennessee. November uh, 18th through the 20th, we're going to be at the Tampa Improv. Ooh. And November 25th through the 27th, Aries is going to be at the Helium Improv, and I'm going to be at the Tempe Improv in Phoenix having uh, Thanksgiving with my boys. December 1st through the 4th, we're going to be at the Improv in Ontario, California. And our big uh, New Year's weekend, December 29th through the 31st, we're going to be at Magoobies. Baltimore, Maryland. There we are. There it is. Uh, this is the uh, Dr. Nope. <laughs> Dr. Nope. Yeah. Dun, 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 Dr. Dr. Nope. Oh, I like that. There's something in that. I don't know what it is because you it was too fast for me. Uh and my brain is too far behind to put something together. It's coming, it's coming up though. That's Dem. Uh artist is called That's Dem. D-A-T-Z-D-E-M. That's Dem. That's what the niggas in uh, Memphis say. Where he is, right there. That's them. I thought it was the, the chick that got raped, but this time by multiple people. Oh, them niggas raped me, daddy. Where are they at? That's them. <laughs> she went from white to a black chick. Song is called Earthquake. Instagram, that's them. D-A-T-Z-D-E-M. Website, www.datsdem.com, as seen on Fox, NBC, and CBS. Business inquiries, datsdem1000 at gmail.com. And again, datsdem is spelled D-A-T-Z-D-E-M, earthquake. Enjoy. Oh, oh I just hate Jeffrey Dahmer. It was like eating a Reese's peanut butter cup because the white guy was him and on the inside was a black guy. <laughs> All right. Dahmer doesn't eat here anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ill son in the building. I know I One half yeah. for the almighty, that's them. With my man, M8 Beats. This one yeah. goes out to my two ladies. Still some See Amika and Sexy Steph. Steph. <laughs> Y'all know how I do. Let's get into it. I keep it real, I'm never fake. Ain't no need to compensate. It feels like an earthquake. Every time a booty shake, I keep it real, I'm never fake. Ain't no need to compensate. It feels like an earthquake. Every time a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake. It feels like an earthquake. Every time a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake. It feels like an earthquake. Every time a booty shake. Coming through like mellow, she be lala. Your son is a baby father. Let me tell you how I got her. Lyrically, no one is hotter. Don't even bother trying to holler. Turn it down, nothing but my collar. Special like the silver dollar. Lawyer money by the hour. Kissing sweet. 
never sour Catch it coming out the shower Dry your body with the towel Like a rep, I'm playing foul Say it loud, what's my name? We smoking on that Mary Jane Security came, door knocking Cause we had the bear rocking Fans watching what we doing All they see the sheets is ruined From the streets, Niagara Falls And I wanna have it all Big house, by the lake I keep it real, I'm never fake It feels like an earthquake Every time a booty shake I keep it real, I'm never fake Ain't no need to compensate It feels like an earthquake Every time a booty shake I keep it real, I'm never fake Ain't no need to compensate It feels like an earthquake Every time a booty shake A booty shake, a booty shake, a booty shake Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. You don't like to do it face to face? No, I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy style, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it?